You're listening to Divorce Literacy with the Divorce Lending Association, a divorce podcast where we dig deep into issues of divorce that center around the marital home, other real property, and divorce mortgage planning, helping divorcing homeowners and their divorce team make more informed decisions regarding home equity solutions during and after divorce. Hi. I am Carrie Goldring with the Divorce Lending Association, and I am a Certified Divorce Lending Professional, or CDLP. This is part of our Divorce Literacy Series, and today I'm here with Alex Bergolius, and I wanted him to introduce himself and tell you a little bit about what he did. Welcome, Alex. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I specialize in filing for social security disability. Um, I am a social security disability attorney. Um, but what I like to do is help parents file for children that are going through divorce that, um, have a special need child that, um, they have to, you know, figure out the long term of, you know, the care for the child. Um, the biggest concerns that parents don't think of is that, um, obviously during, um, the process of filing for social security disability is that does the child or parent qualify? Typically with a divorce, um, the, typically it's an asset-based program through social security with children. So if they are married, obviously that if there is a, um, assets or, you know, two income home household or just one, um, the assets exceed the, uh, the qualifications, um, where it's helpful in these situations where a couple is going through a divorce, that asset splits in half. Um, so they may be the, the parent that is having the child who has a lower income statue status um, may be able to qualify for these benefits um, that um, is important to kind of have because people don't think of that during divorces, unfortunately. And I think a lot of attorneys that are, you know, a that are assisting with the divorces um, it becomes very transactional, and I, I, I think that'd be great for attorney just to kind of, if there is a special needs child at home um, with them under the age of 18 or even over the age of 18, um, that is a really, um, a really helpful, basically just a kind of um, tool that can kind of be reached out to and uh, assist with those types of situations. So let me let me make sure I get this right. So when someone is under 18 and they are special needs, they could potentially get Social Security income looking at the parents income. Is that correct? That is correct, because child's benefits, if you are under age 18, unfortunately, there is no work credits. They don't have They've never worked. They're under the age of 18. So what they do is, is they look at the household income of the parents. That is the only way that clients that have children could apply for SSI or Social Security supplemental income. But the technical aspect of it, before they even look at the disabilities of the child, 
they must meet the criteria. And because it's state funded, um, they are the same criteria as uh, Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. They use the same criteria. So um, typically if they are trying to file for social security disability and they do get, they meet the criteria, they typically would be eligible for any type of state assistance too, because they use the same criteria. So if now if over I, the age of 18. So if I sorry, had a couple that was married and they made too much money and they didn't qualify for social security and now they're divorced, there's a very good possibility that maybe one of them or both of them could qualify by themselves. Correct. Okay. Well, that's big, right? Because you think you get denied and then you think you're you're done. So this puts you in a whole nother basket. Correct. Because what they do is they look at the single actual home. So whatever the spouse is, they're obviously going to be living since separate homes. So they consider that separate incomes. Um, regardless but they do consider also too, they do consider any child support and they do consider any type of um, alimony as well. So that does come into play too as well. Um, but at least the income, depending on how much they're getting from their child support, uh, um, that does come into factor, but um, you know, it just depends on what their assets are. So you would be a great person to talk to before child support and spousal support get determined, because if they're missing it by a very small amount, it could make significant difference. Correct. Exactly. Well, that I think that's big. And then how do you determine which parent? Does it matter which parent files for Social Security or do you have to have so many nights at somebody's home? It doesn't. They do consider the the um, person, the parent that um, mostly has um, the the care for the child. Uh, meaning, even though you have fifty fifty custody, you know one parent typically has the child four out of the three days, or you know a majority of the time. Um, doing fifty fifty pillow on the bed, so to speak, is also an important thing when you have. A special Correct. needs child. and who's primarily the primary caregiver, I guess you can say for the um for the child. Um, and typically, what I would kind of suggest is, you know, the person, the parent that is less of an income that has the lesser of the two incomes. Would Social Security office ever ask for a copy of a divorce decree? They do not. Um, they basically look at um you know, who has the custodial, I guess you can say, um, rights of the child, I guess you could say. So if someone was reviewing tax returns and one year, one spouse writes off the child and the next year, the other spouse writes off the child, does that cause confusion? It does not. Okay. It's basically who, you know, who, who where is the child primarily living? That's, that's, that's wonderful. And I bet a lot of people don't know that. So thank you. And yes, and too, just to kind of touch up is that they do require conversations with the other spouse or with the other parent too, as well, um, because it comes, comes, does come into consideration where, you know, the one spouse, the one parent, I should say, um, doesn't want the other uh, parent to, um, 
file or have those types of benefits. Um, so there is communication. There does need to be communication on both parents. That That's wonderful. And then maybe real quick, what about when you have a child who is 18 and over, but obviously still has many needs and dependencies of the parent? Um, how, how does that work to divorce? So that's a good question too. Um, they, if their child is 18 um, or up to, if they're still in high school, up to 19. Um, and, but if they are, you know, out of school, they're out of, um, they're an adult, um, they st still consider them as a, um, so there's two actual programs actually, which is actually kind of interesting. One is um, they're an adult, they can file on their own. They're still considered um, the household income. They still have to be considered with that. Um, but there's different ways of kind of approaching certain things. Like, for instance, um, you know, if the parent pays for all um, utilities or something like that, I would suggest, you know, getting, a, you know, and, and again, there's different ways of going about it. But the main priority is that they actually still look at the household income. So if the parent, Regardless if they were living with whoever, um, they still consider the household income. So it gets a little bit, it's somewhat the same, but it's less, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's less involved because okay. now they're an adult. They're not dependent on the parent. And at some point in time, I would have to assume the parent's income does not come into a play when you have a special needs adult, correct? Correct. They just look at what type of assets are coming into, like paying for like the parents paying for the rent or stuff like that. But it's a lot more lenient um, and there's like ways around that. But it's definitely a lot easier, I guess you could say, with the income. So a very good reason why would we why we would need somebody like you, because obviously maneuvering all this is not very simple. And it's not very easy. And, you know, um, it, it can get very confusing um, with like the different types of rules and regulations. So um, I always recommend getting representation when you, anything of those filings. And one one last question for you. And then if you want to add something else, um, special needs trusts, is there a time frame when you need to like put something like that into place so that income doesn't get looked at by social security or how does that come into play? Yes. So all types of, if there is assets, it's an asset-based program. So any type of assets that the child or adult has access to at any particular time um, is a problem for SSI uh, approvals, the technical aspect, because um, that's an asset. Um, special needs trust is the way to go when there's any type of annuities, any type of, of settlements, any type of. Um, I'm thinking of like you save money for college that you're not going to attend anymore. Like, you know, something like that, where now you yeah. have this lump of assets that you're not going to spend where you thought you would. Correct. So um, it's definitely that is the only option that is avoidable with doing that. Um, so any trust funds or anything like that, if the child has or 
you know, young adult has, it's got to be removed into a special needs trust to be eligible for that. Can they do it right before like they turn 18 or is there a time frame? I don't, I'm, I'm not a probate attorney, so I, I okay. you know, I, wills and trusts and stuff like that. So I can't really speak on that stuff. I don't know exactly Different when. Question. <laughs> yeah. But um, I do know is that if they are an adult, then the special needs trust does have to be. But if they are under the age of 18 and they do have some type of special needs trust is not considered because of the fact of um, they're still considered under the parents' assets anyways. So it makes no difference regardless. It's just one more confusing thing when you're going through a divorce that you really have to think about if you have a special needs child. Then... Exactly. And then also, too, what I wanted to add as well is, is that, that there's also a possibility if one of the um, one of the parent is already on Social Security disability and the child does become an adult, um, there is a possibility where they will also qualify for Social Security disability based off of the parents' um, work credits too as well. So there are some other options too that are important that a lot of people don't realize either. So, um, you know, they make up to, you know, if they're up to 23 or, yeah, 23, they can apply for their parents, either, you know, the if they're on disability or something like that. So there are other options, too. So if one person's disabled in this divorce um, and there's a child of disability, bells should be ringing. Wow. Well, I think you gave people a lot to think about, for sure. And I thank you so much for spending time with me. Um, it was really insightful. So if anyone wants to get a hold of you, ask you any questions, thinks they may need your service, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, you can give me a call at 248-509-0910. And my office is in Troy. They can contact my, um, I go on my website at gdgroupllc.com. They can fill out a questionnaire there. There's a lot of information that they can receive on my website as well. Um, so that's probably the best way. Um, I do all intake phone calls and I definitely take a different approach to social security disability um, where, you know, every client is like my only client. So um, I definitely, this is a tough situation to be going through. And I get it. And, you know, it's I, I try to be as available and all questions, anything, even if they're already on it and they have questions, feel free to give me a call. That's so nice. Thank you again so much. I really appreciate it. Well, I, I appreciate the, the the time that you took. I wish I would have dressed a little bit more, but but, but it's OK. You're perfect. <laughs> You know, this is a casual type of, you know, uh, situation. Um, you know, people are in need for these things. And, so you know, I, it's, it's definitely an unfortunate situations, but here to help. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to Divorce Literacy. Discover more strategies and solutions on divorce mortgage planning at divorcelendingassociation.com.